0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another prime time with Sean Mooney, network classic. As we work our way through some of the classic moments in WWE history, and uh, today we're going to be doing uh, another edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. This episode uh, taking place uh, on November second, nineteen eighty-five. But this was a themed program, and they went as usual with uh, something you know they would they would weave throughout these programs, and this happened to uh, fall around Halloween. And this thing was actually taped. This show was actually taped on October 31st, 1985. But that would be a Thursday night. So uh, this is called Saturday Night's Main Event. So it wasn't going to air that evening. It would air two days later uh, on Saturday night. So uh, we've got everything in this, uh, this episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. I mean, really, they throw everything into this and it's very entertaining because uh, so much is going on, and of course they could play off the Halloween theme. And right off the bat, it gets it's crazy. You've got uh, Mean Gene in uh, dressed as a pumpkin. Uh, he looks more like you know he kind of looks like the great, uh, uh, you know, like Johnny Carson used to do the Creskin kind of bit that he would do, and uh, that's Gene kind of looks like that. And then you've got Bobby. Uh, I think he's supposed to be Davy Crockett where he's got this uh, raccoon, like a hole raccoon or whatever it is on his head, and he's bobbing for pumpkins in a chocolate vat. Because why make it water when you can make it really nasty and uh, very visual on television uh, with him uh, bobbing for pumpkins in a chocolate trough, which starts right out, uh, letting you know it's going to be an insane episode. Uh, You know, they've got... uh, Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura on uh, uh, play-by-play here. Uh, Jesse doesn't disappoint in any stretch here. And uh, if you can imagine, he, he's even dressed up more, uh, you know, uh, crazily. He's, he's got this uh, very flamboyant outfit out, uh, which, you know, he always did. But he's got a lot of, a lot of things going on with this one <laughs> that you'll see when we get going. But a great uh, lineup of talent with this, too, for the time of the WWF. And this is uh, actually the third episode in, uh, the third Saturday night's main event to take place. And they really start, uh, you know, hitting their stride with this. I think at this point, Jesse Ventura is one of the best, uh, you know, play-by-plays, the the commentary guys in the business, no question about it. He really uh, was uh, firing all cylinders. You've heard me say it many times. Uh, I thought that uh, being teamed with Vince, the two of them, I thought were great together. I really do and of course Jesse uh a big big part of that and uh he's got some great lines throughout this show and uh he certainly delivers they've got you know him doing a couple of bits with people with Roddy and uh you're you're definitely going to be entertained with that uh Hulk Hogan uh, of course uh appeared in many 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 of these Saturday nights made event he was the the biggest star they had at the time And you've even got Andre the Giant teaming up with him as they face King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd, a battle of the giants here. Uh, Also, uh, Tito Santana uh, is is, uh, the Intercontinental Champion at this period of time in WWE history. And uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is going to challenge him for his Intercontinental Championship in this. Randy relatively new to the uh, WWF at the time he's got uh, Elizabeth by his side and he's a bit you know he's still a, he's a heel here he's really uh, Tito of course a big baby face uh, that they they could never do anything about that with with Tito that's just uh, what he was there was no <laughs> no getting around that and uh you know they have Randy here with Elizabeth and th- this is y- y- one thing i really uh that stands out in this episode and, and remember we're talking 1985 here but it is this entire hour of uh, professional wrestling is, is just so um, just really it's it is what you definitely not uh, politically correct by by any means. I mean, you they've got so much going on in this show that's so offensive uh, today. My God, this thing would have never, ever aired. They would have been uh, the Internet would have lit up. Uh, social media would have gone crazy as you're going to see all the undertones that are in this the the innuendo, sexual innuendo in it. You got racial to- undertones here. You've got uh, you know like sexism. Uh, we've got uh, just comments made by Jesse that uh, you could not get away with today. I mean, remember just an example. Remember when he would he'd call Tito Santana Chico? I mean, it's just uh, it, it, this whole episode is just. Uh, uh, really it would never have made air there's no way today you could ever get this thing on the air but back then it was a different time and uh, uh you'll you'll see what I'm talking about when we get into it um Terry Funk is uh also a part of this program and Terry Funk it was it's interesting about Terry I mean what a, a great performer a great wrestler uh you know you, you know his his legacy his lineage and of course uh his, his brother Dory but um man uh it's he was in and out of the WWF uh, i don't know how many times he, he just he would come for a little bit and then he'd disappear then he'd come back and then he'd disappear and uh this is one of those points where he's he's uh with the WWF uh early on and uh just a nasty nasty ass individual i mean it starts out and you know whenever you've got the uh the the opportunity to have somebody can chew tobacco, you know, Vince loved that. Cause it's just so it's just nasty. And uh, they begin this thing when they do the promo and he's got, of course, they always have to have the tobacco juice dripping down the chin. Cause these guys are, you know, just disgusting individuals. Uh, but they went as far as to uh, hook up a piece of plexiglass before the camera. So when he gets ready to storm off, he could puts a big, you know, a big spray of tobacco juice into the, you know, into the camera. And, uh, of course, to gross everybody out. So, uh, as I said, they, they've got everything in this in this matchup. They've got it all. There's nothing, uh, with it, <laughs> as far as when it came to the kind of humor that uh, Vince enjoyed and uh, just providing you with an with, uh, endless amount of visuals, you've got it all in this episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. Mean Gene Okerlund uh, at his best with uh, the interviews and his reactions to everything. And I just, you know, the whole thing, he's he's, like, he's trying to keep his tuxedo clean, but between, you know, you got the chocolate uh, with uh, with the heat and then you've got a funk with the tobacco juice. And it's just, uh, he spends a whole hour trying to keep that tuxedo clean. And uh, we'll see how successful he is at that. But uh, Gene, just just awesome as usual. And uh, anytime you can check out Gene, in these uh you know in arena interviews you don't want to miss them and you're going to get uh a good taste of it in this episode uh junkyard dog is uh plays a big role in this uh, i mentioned uh you know stuff going on with this with the, he's uh, feuding here with terry funk uh who uh you know this thing uh, the, apparently this whole angle starts out with a very young mel phillips if you guys know who mel phillips uh is or was uh he, uh, and he was a ring announcer. Um, I, I I don't know what he was doing at this point in time, but they have him, uh, they show videotape of, uh, I believe it was at Madison Square Garden, and he is collecting, you know, they always had people that would collect the, the wrestler's uh, attire when they uh, got into the ring, and his whole deal is he's going in, he's getting uh, collecting Terry Funk's stuff and makes the grave error of when he's, uh, getting his stuff, he puts on, uh, he puts on Terry Funk's ha- cowboy hat. He puts it on his head and that just enrages uh, Terry Funk as he proceeds to drag Mel, a uh, young Mel Phillips into the ring and just beat the living crap out of him. And it's <laughs> it looks pretty damn stiff, man. It was, uh, it, quite a performance there. Uh, you, uh, may know the, uh, the infamy surrounding Mel Phillips as he would get involved in the uh, the scandal down the road. And uh, I'm sure you've heard other stories about him. But here he's, uh, I don't know if he had been ring announcing at this point or they just needed him to pull this one off for them, whatever, but he's in it. And when I first looked at him, I'm like, that that was him, you know? But uh, yeah, apparently that's Mel Phillips. Uh, so that's how apparently he gets uh, starts the feud here with uh, JYD. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. You know, I never quite understood why uh, Junkyard Dog didn't get over, uh, you know, uh, on a major, major way. You know, I'm not saying that he wasn't popular in the WWF, but he never got to that point where he was a uh, main event um, kind of, uh, you know, caliber. And uh, uh, as, uh, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan had talked about on this podcast, uh, on, on Primetime with Sean Money podcast, that, um, you know, JYD was was the the shit man. He was everything. He was he was big time in uh, when they were down in mid south. I mean, he just blew the roof off arenas. And uh, when he came to the WWF, it was never the same. It was never he never quite reached that popularity. And whether or not that was uh, through the WWF's fault or just didn't get uh, you know just didn't get over the way that people had expected. And I know that eventually he had some issues outside of the ring. Um, but, uh, that was kind of surprising to me at the time coming from, uh, you know, where he came from and how popular I remember when, you know, him coming in there that, uh, you know that people had, uh, expected that to be a lot different, but he had, he had a good, a good run there in the WWF. But of course, as I mentioned, things happened and, uh, unfortunately it wasn't a good end for him with the world wrestling federation. Um, so, but th- this one is a great, uh, a great matchup with, uh, with Terry Funk, as you'll, you'll see when we get to it. And they've got this, uh, as I mentioned, the Halloween theme throughout. And one thing that they like to do with these episodes is they would, you know, they have something running through it, uh, throughout. And this is, they've got the Halloween theme, as I mentioned, but they've got, of course, they love the parties, the backstage parties that would be going on. And this is, there's a big giant Halloween party going on while, you know we've got some serious matches here but backstage you know it's a different story they got um everybody involved and you'll see everybody's got to have a costume on and uh i don't know if i should give away some of them but it's it's a little interesting uh what they would dress people up in and i they, you know like for example Tito Santana when he uh, is backstage they have him dressed as zorro um you know JYD comes in they have him dressed up as a mummy you'll you'll get to see that um you know it, it's <laughs> It's, they got you know the hillbillies are also involved in this show, uh, as that uh, you know the feud goes on here with uh, hillbilly Jim's in it, and he's got the cousins there, and they've got these guys all dressed up. I'm gonna, I'm kind of wait till we get there, but it was uh, it, it was as I, I've said, it, it was a very entertaining show. They just threw everything into this. They, they did not disappoint. You're going to have uh, a kung fu challenge with Mister Fujis in there. And uh, of course, when I was uh, uh, with the WWF, Mr. Fuji was no longer in the ring. He, would, he had assumed his managerial duties, but he's still stepping into the ring here in 1985. And it's supposedly a uh, you know a, a challenge against uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh, that they're going to have a you know a kung fu match. So we're going to see some martial arts here, or lack of, on uh, <laughs> certain parts of this matchup but uh you know it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a good reason it's a good storyline to have these two step into the ring with with each other and uh we're going to see that as well and as i mentioned oh yeah nikolai volkov makes an appearance here with the um the iron Sheik. Uh, it's it's uh you got it all so uh get set to uh, roll on this one i hope you guys are ready to go this one was a little tougher to find on the wwe network uh what you want to do is that you uh You go to the, instead of like the feature, you go, you scroll down a little more and go to WWE Classic Series now. That's what it's, uh, where you find this now, WWE Classic Series after you go to the network and then you open that up and, uh, scroll across until you get to Saturday night's main event, right? And then you open that up and go to where it's, uh, uh, you, you know, where you see the, uh, uh, features where you can scroll down and it tells you you know what what year and go to 85 and then uh, just go down until you find it there's only three episodes I think from uh, 85 there because of this there this aired in uh, November and then they started the new year so um, easy to find once you get to that point and we'll take a pause here so that everybody can get uh, set to go if you weren't already and then we'll come back and uh, we're gonna take a look at this. A very scary Saturday night's main event from November 2nd, 1985, okay? Get queued up.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: All right. A little time out there. I hope you're all ready to go. You know how this works. Uh, I count down uh, 3, two, one, and then play, and then we go. All right? So I am assuming at this point you're ready to go. Otherwise, you're just going to hear me uh, talking to uh, the air here. There's no <laughs> See, it won't go very well with what you're, you've are you got on your computer, but uh, you should be all queued up, so here we go. Ready? Three, two, one, play. And we start out, as I mentioned, the the, the cold open. Remember, you guys all know what that is now. See, and Gene uh, dressed up in kind of that Creskin outfit, but he's supposed to be a pumpkin, and then Bobby dunking for pumpkins and i guess oh yeah so you got to grab the stem i don't know you know I, i'd never heard of uh, bobbing for pumpkins in chocolate but as i uh i said that vince always loved the visuals and what better way for a visual here is you see bobby there and he's talking about this matchup that uh it's going up with hulk hogan and andre the giant and he smashes those pumpkins. That's supposed to be Andre and uh, Hulk Hogan's noggin's, I guess. And uh, Hulkster cutting a promo here, but look, did you happen to notice there's like there's ice skates behind them? So maybe at this arena uh, was ice skating. This uh, was at uh, the Hershey Park Arena in Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. And right Halloween, you want to be where they make candy. And you see Jesse, the body's outfit there. More elaborate than ever. And that's uh, Super Rod. And Roddy. These two having a good time as uh, they're ready to make fun. And we just keep moving along. We're just kind of setting up what you're going to see tonight with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Welcome. See, then he just got to get, remember we talked about the tobacco. Vince just loved how much more disgusting you could be. So he's got to have the, you know, spit it onto the floor, having it dripping down his chin. There we go. Yeah. You know, you had to know what you're doing with that tobacco, too. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't be somebody who didn't chew tobacco, and suddenly they're going to say, oh, yeah, we're going to have you chewing tobacco because you'd be puking your guts out. So Funk obviously used to having a chaw. And there's a very young and a very skinny mouth-of-the-south Jimmy Hart. Now, here we go. Yeah! How much more disgusting can we make it? Put that plexiglass up there in front of the camera and just spit away. As we get into the open here. As uh see the Hulkster, Roddy, we got all the highlights going. This is network. This is big time, folks. Got Randy in there already making a name for himself. Andre the Giant. And you know, it's you know, he really did dwarf Big John Stud, if that's uh, possible, because Stud was one big dude. And there's the franchise right there, Hulk Hogan. Not a well-lit arena. I was kind of surprised for a, a network event that they didn't have this thing lit better, but uh, this is early on for these. How, isn't that scary, that mask? I mean, wow, that's kind of freaky looking, that big, giant Hulk head. But as I said, it's, uh, they taped this on Halloween, the 31st October, and uh, so everybody comes to the arena. There's uh, a Mr. Fuji look-like, and... Uh, As they've got this full house here. That was an easy one. Just get yourself a hot rod t-shirt. Oh, the Coneheads made it. And uh, Jesse wearing a peacock for this. It looks like the whole peacock. But uh, as I I said at the top here, you know, Jesse's, he's, he's, he's starting to reach his stride here in the WWF and as uh, establishing himself as one of the the best color commentary uh stick men in the business and he really he he and and maybe he will never admit it but uh Vince McMahon helped him do that because i thought together the chemistry the two of them had as we take a look back at how this started with uh between uh, junkyard dog and uh Terry Funk and this uh is the match, you know, remember it started with the attack on uh, Mel Phillips who was at ringside trying to get uh, the attire back to the locker room area and Terry Funk just going after him beating him senseless with this branding iron. I so said a lot of uh a lot of undertones here that like I said you couldn't get away with today I'm surprised they got away with it then. It's just really surprising but you know it's a different time i don't know it's just kind of crazy uh gene oakland talking here with jyd the dog gene asked him you know you want you want to you want revenge on this guy or you just want to win the match it's so uh, jyd you know let's just say well you know that was his day today's mine i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of business and uh gene saying well you know he's uh Kind of under, he's not selling this here, but uh, I have a feeling he really wants this guy. As he makes way, uh, makes his way out to the ring, and you know, very popular. Jyd Junkyard Dog, kids loved him. Remember, he always would he would do a dance in the ring after he'd bring kids up there to dance with him, and but uh, just never reached the heights. I think that I don't know that he expected or anybody really expected. I think that they thought that he was going to make. Uh, you know, a bigger stamp in the history of the WWF. But you've got uh, Funk gets up on the ring apron and uh, JYD, not going to waste any time here as Jimmy tries to warn him, slings him over the top rope into the ring and then goes to work. Knew how to throw a punch, though. He knew how to throw a punch, that's for sure, man. Some good shots here. And, of course, Funk, one of the best at selling it. And then it's going to take a little ride on the rope and let, you know, take some balance here That's, fuck knew how to do it, man. And knew how to sell it. Heads out of the ring. Jimmy Hart, of course, being the wimp that he is, uh, you know, the character hightailed it underneath the ring and was hiding out trying to Keep himself from getting uh, knocked out by JYD. Funk gets the chaps off and heads back in for more punishment. And here we go. We finally get this match underway. I don't think they're... Well, they'll lock up Colin Elbow there, but uh, Funk already right there with a body slam. Tries to drop an elbow. Misses big time. And Jimmy not happy about that. So now it's JYD's turn. And he he connects with that body slam of his own. And. uh, Oh, just decides he's going to throw him right out of the ring. Onto the. Hard floor there. Those aren't mats. And. Yep, <laughs> thought it was J- JYD and rolls up, rolls over with uh, Jimmy Hart and gets ready to take him out and realizes it's his manager. As, uh Funk a little out of it at this point after hitting that hard floor? Uh, JYD taunting him, "Let's go, let's bring it on." He'll lock up again. Goes in hard. And another body slam. They kept things simple back then, didn't they? And got the head butts that uh, J.O.I.D. was well known for. Funk high tails it. You know, you should know better than hang out at uh, on the apron. You're still in reach, still in danger, as Jimmy tries to coax him back into the ring. See, this is why it was a good balance. You had Jesse, you know, heel commentator, balanced with uh, Vince, who tries to remain in the middle, you know, objective. Not always succeeding because he, he leaned a bit on the babyface side, right? <laughs> Funk uh, threatening to go into the crowd in Pennsylvania, the Hershey Park Arena. So you got JYD pulling up short there and goes right after Jimmy Hart gets a hold of him. He's had enough of this little weasel. Not to steal that from... Oh, hard down to the floor. See, he got his feet down there first. Jesse. Jesse... Jesse just knew how to do it here. Thinking about how, you know, JYD's got to feel like a big man, big man beating up on some little guy at ringside. You got to watch the way these guys threw these punches then, though. They were really good at it. Say, you know, I mean, and uh, that wasn't easy stuff. Goes in for a cover. But really to make it that uh, you know you got cameras right there at ringside you want it, you, you toss them in hard and the timing on those just had to be perfect. JYD pulls them in for the sleeper and see how long we can milk this. Don't see many of those today, do you? How long would it take before people started chanting boring? No patience. As JYD gets to the ropes, but that doesn't stop Funk from getting an elbow and dropping it on the back of the neck. Now it's JYD's turn. He pulls in, locks in his own sleeper hold. Dead center in the ring. Jimmy Hart, helpless at, at uh, up on the apron. See now? Yeah. See, Jimmy. Makes a mistake coming up on the apron, man. You come up, you're going to pay the price. And Funk gets that megaphone, which we saw many times during history uh, with Jimmy, using that as a weapon. And uh, that was not seen by the referee. I don't know if that, Kyoto, is that? uh, No, I don't know who this guy is, but. I don't know what kind of wrestling shoes he's got on, but Funk gets the branding iron and had intended to uh, brand JYD, but he gets in and takes care of business here. Oh man, comes right down on the table. And Jimmy Hart stranded in the ring, and he's going to pay the price for getting involved. A big right shot. through the jaw and uh, Jimmy, you know, slight a slight man. So you know that uh, absolutely took a big toll as Terry Funk tries to drag Jimmy Hart out of the ring. Oh, and <laughs> loses his pants, and Jimmy, willing to sell everything, goes right down to the. Uh, they're not tidy whiteys; they're they're tidy redies as he's wearing these. Red, thread <laughs> underwear, and he's branding his ass. As uh, Jesse continues, he should be fined. He should be suspended for an outrage. That's awesome. Jimmy willing to go to any length to sell an angle. Boy, did he do it there? That's network television. You get to see Jimmy. Heart's ass on national television, right there. <laughs> uh, ah, great finish to this one, as uh, as Terry Funk tries to retain some of uh, Jimmy's dignity by helping to cover him up. But uh, they kept things moving. Let's go to our what is he? It looks like a pumpkin chef. All right, this is when you get a chance to take a look at some of the costumes we got going here. That's King Kong Bundy is uh, Abe Bundy. Macho Man Randy Savage is Tarzan. (laughs) Robin. (laughs) Uh, Davy Crockett with an animal on his head. The Iron Sheik Batman. But of course, he's the Sheik. He's got the S on his chest. Yeah. Tito Santana, Zorro, Hercules. Okay. The three Musketeers. And there's Caesar. Yeah. Okay. Now they're going to have a pie contest, a pie eating contest between Albano and Bundy. And there, that's uh, there's a lot of uh they got a lot of room for pie in those, those, uh, those bellies. And remember, we got to keep things moving along. They've got how many pies on this table? As the party goes on, they start eating pie. I don't know how much they're getting in there, but they're sure spreading along on the table. And everybody trying to sell it. Gene uh, stuck with the. <laughs> with the job of trying to make this uh, interesting and entertaining with his play-by-play. And as you can see, it's kind of the, the baby face against the uh, heels here. So you see their alliances, and Bobby's got this thing. They had on backwards. Randy, man, looking good, huh? And there's the uh, the... Batman, there's Zorro. And who shall be the winner? I think it's a draw. What's it going to be? Oh, God. Lou Albano is declared the winner. And you can't get, you know, you you can't get by without a good food fight. And uh, Albano, not really that offended because he got another pie. So as they uh, go out to commercial, coming up Piper's Pit, as we continue with the Halloween theme here. ay ay, ay. Saturday night's main event. Got the pumpkin, we got the, uh, the witch, and the three hillbillies. Uncle Elmer Junior. and Hillbilly Jim. This cannot go well, right? As uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper prepares to welcome these three, and in this one he's super Rod. He's a superhero for the through the evening. So uh, you know they got uh, Jesse. They had to get that in there from at ringside. Yeah. (laughs) Jesse says, when uh, Vince asked him, what do you think? And he said, it looks like two carp kissing in the Mississippi river. (laughs) So, uh, they had a a commentary position for the, the, for this. So these, uh, Jesse and and, uh, Vince actually doing the play-by-play, not in Stanford, in the booth. So uh, Roddy in the ring now. And they're already stirring things up. Cowboy Bob Orton next to him. I guess he's the, the bouncer or the enforcer in case things get out of hand. And you can see here the the mix on this, uh, you know, because it would normally be a lot different on how they did. It. It's a really loud crowd that they did the the mix on this, and it's kind of drowning it out. So it did not. This conversation, as you can see, did not go well even to this point. So you got uh, Jim. And you I remember the reason they brought in the hillbillies is because of uh, they had been working a really big angle with hillbilly Jim, with with Hulk Hogan, and uh, he ended up getting hurt. So uh, during his recovery time, they wanted to keep this all going, and that's when they brought in the uh, you know the cousins and Uncle Elmer. But it just never he never got to that point. That momentum was gone, and it's just unfortunate because uh, you know who knows what. Might have changed. Jim ended up having a pretty good career with the WWF, but mostly uh, you know, lower card matches. And then, of course, uh, he was more of an, an ambassador than anything else. As Hillbilly Jim calling out Jesse Ventura. Stirring it up. Uh, and Jesse. Steps into the ring, ready to uh, mix it up, if that's what's going to happen. That's one log mic cord. That was before uh, the wireless <laughs> mics were put into use. Oh, Jesse. Well, I think it's, uh, what, at this point? Orton uh, placing himself behind these guys. It's uh, kind of three-on-three three as he puts himself in position. It's like the old schoolyard trick. Yeah. Oh, and it, that over goes Junior. Hillbilly Jim. Knocks Orton right out of the ring. Takes a wild swing at Roddy as he scoots. And Jesse... Last man in the ring is Junior. Junior gets uh, smacked around, but uh, Jesse in trouble. Better get out of there, as he does. He wisely scoots as Uncle Elmer ends up with his beret. It seems like Junior got the worst of all this. As we throw it to Gene, poor Junior, poor Junior. Yeah, you just stomp on that hat, show him who's boss here. All right, and back to the pumpkin trough. And wow, I can't believe Elizabeth's outfit here. Wow, surprised that uh, that Brandy allowed her to wear that. But as you're going to see, you're going to get the, the innuendo never stops here. There's going to be coming up. Junkyard Dog in a mummy outfit. Yeah. So he got over his uh, <laughs> earlier match. So he took care of uh, Jimmy Hart. All right, this is Bobby Heenan versus uh, Cousin Junior. And here we go. You got to get the, got to grab the stem. Junior, you think he would have been better at this, right? But Heenan, you know, weasels are good at, uh, you know, getting into things. And that's what he's doing here as he had a lot of practice. Remember at the top of the show? So he's bobbing for pumpkins and just how much, how disgusting can we make it? Now we saw the pumpkin, the pie eating contest. So we had lots of the mess there. And uh, Vince loved this stuff. He loved the messier, the better, the more gross you could go. And uh, Heenan just, I think Bobby comes out on top of this one. And... Bobby Heenan is the winner. He can proclaim uh, he is the king of chocolate pumpkin bobbing. And as uh, Randy got a little bit messy himself there. Ah, time for another break, because uh, you can't have better classic television than that. I mean, what else? You got it. Uh, we had it earlier with the <laughs> that pie contest. But it was just how much of a mess can you make, and they did a damn good job. And Gene, as we have talked about before, Gene always really busy in these. They had him all over the place during these shows. I was very glad when they opened up a little spot for me to be able to step in for a few of these because it was uh, it was awesome to be able to do that. But Gene really, uh, they had him all over for these. He was you know he he appeared in these SNMEs for, you know more than anybody. So, got Bundy, and, and I'm surprised they had Bobby up front there because he looks, you know, you, you want to make these guys look as big as possible. So, having him up front didn't make Bundy look that tall. Big John Studd. Yeah. The raccoon hat, as he's trying to put out, that's as if it matters what he had on his head. As Gene uh, throws it back. But, uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, you know Gene handling all the duties here. And Bobby, also a big part of this. So I guess we kind of revealed that that was a pre-tape, right? Because when they had the pumpkin bobbing, that uh, (laughs) he wouldn't have been able to clean up that fast. And, uh, you know, this is 85. Andre... Uh, You know, he's in decent shape, but this is where he, you know, he he still has a lot of problems with, you know, the back is uh, the body parts are starting to break down and he can't do a whole lot in the ring. And Andre, you know, wasn't going to be there to go on and just says, that's enough Hulk, let's get going. We got work to do. With Albano as their ringside manager for this. Ah, the Dream Team, and uh, as Vince points out, said no, but these if that's that case, then uh, these guys are the nightmare for the evening for the Hulkster and Andre the Giant. So we see Mr. Finkel in there, ready to do the announcing duties. They come out to Hulk's theme music. I don't know what uh, Andre... Look at this! Come, these guys trying to come in. Not a not a wide uh, walkway through there. Hulkster, all in white, as uh, they both uh, step into the ring. And uh, you know, one of the story stories goes that he didn't. Andre took offense to anybody who would step over the top rope, and I think that Stud. Uh, did that uh, and uh, that did not make andre very happy so you didn't want to be on the wrong side of that giant and he was uh, never fond of either one of these guys and would work pretty damn stiff with them but uh, you know studden was a pretty good specimen It's amazing to think that he was gone by the time he was 47 to cancer. But see how he went over the top rope there? Andre didn't, uh, didn't like that much. Because he felt he was the only giant, true giant, and he should be the only one who did that. As this one gets underway, Hulk trying with a shoulder block, having little effect the first time, but then he drives that knee into the chest of Bundy, and down he goes and Hulkster trying to body slam him. And, you know, it, it. you could see some of these, I mean, if the guy had to work with you, right, to do a body slam. But Hulk, man, he had some pretty damn good strength because at some point he body slammed everybody. He would body slam Bundy, he body slammed Big John Studd, and, of course, the infamous or the most famous one, I should say, is when he body slammed Andre. As he comes in over the top rope. Look at how small Bundy looks next to him. He was a big man. And Andre using that singlet right in front of the ref. And Jesse calling him out here. How dare he? This is cheating. Should have been disqualified. Disqualified. Uh, Vince trying to uh, play the middleman here. Hulkster with a double axe handle up the uh, second rope. It's a little too—he's in the wrong side of the ring for that. And uh, these guys are going to take their, this opportunity to take as uh, much out of the Hulkster as they can. Here comes John Studd. Sends Hulkster into the ropes and a big shoulder block from Stud. Let's see, he warns Andre to stay back. Like, really? <laughs> he... Uh, sends it back and drives Stud. That's uh, kind of a missed atomic drop there, I think. Uh, makes the... Uh, the tag. How much do those have to hurt? Especially if he's laying them in. Let's see how, how stiff he is uh, here in this. Yeah, these. <laughs> Some big bear paws. As the ref goes down. And Bundy, now all hell is broke loose in the ring. All four because the referee's out. So this has just turned into a big giant street fight. And in comes Joey Morella. So, you know, gorilla's son. And the ref is out of it completely, so this is kind of an interesting tactic that you're able to bring in a guest ref who could replace them, as Joey tries to retain order, trying to figure out who's the legal man in the ring. Uh, I think we got a replacement referee right there, Vince. As he calls it, a historic tag team matchup. As they go to commercial and uh, order somewhat uh, retained, as now we've got Andre and Big John Studd in the squared circle. A big bear hug. I always loved when he would be in the ring with him because watch, watch what, watch how Andre just works him over. Big boot right to the chops of Studd. Oh, man, God, that's like a, getting hit with a log. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I think you get the idea here. And a clothesline from the Hulkster down goes Stud, and Andre gives him, uh, Hulk gives Andre another shot at him. <laughs> Stud just going, oh, God, I want this over. What's he going to do to me now? Into the ropes. Big boot to the chest. Down goes Stud as he uh, gets the hell out of the ring. Andre goes right after him. And Stud. Hit Andre. And then then you see Andre, and he's very good uh, at uh, locking up in the ropes there. That was uh, one of his tactics. Big slam there. Body slam by Bundy. And Andre still tied up in the ropes as they are able to double-team these guys. And maybe this is Stud getting a little revenge here. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, you're going to do something like that, though. Remember, you're going to pay for it. Eventually, uh, Andre would get even. Hulk Hogan mounts the comeback. Bundy into the rings. Boot to... The side of his head. Down goes Bundy and he gets the hell out of there. The stud continues to try and work. Andre. But now it's a double team. As they both bail out. Get the hell out of there. With the Hulkster and Andre. The only ones in the uh, ring. And, uh. Disqualifications, the DQ, of course, as the mayhem went on, and uh, they end up clear in the ring, and they are declared the winners as the uh, result of a disqualification, and they put Gene in the ring. He wanted to get, he wanted more stud. Andre's saying that uh, we're not done. You know, th- listen to this audio now. You would never, uh, it changed quickly, but you can barely hear them with that mix of the crowd. It's not good. <laughs> He's challenging them now. He doesn't want it. He hasn't gotten enough. Gene's got to go. Much to the uh, pleasure of the crowd there. And boy, uh, Gene had to uh, do some quick moving there in that commercial timeout. Randy Savage, even then, made sure he had the uh, the great outfits. A little black and orange in honor of Halloween. He asked, him, he asked him why he chose a woman for a manager. She just wanted to help Randy. That's why she's there. Okay, so, uh, you know, Randy saying, you know, what are you, an idiot? Why do you think I have her as my manager? Because I don't know, that uh, wouldn't go so well in the Me Too movement right now. No. Now, here, watch Gene. Gene gets caught, uh, you know, with a look. Uh, I'm not quite sure what he was looking at, but I think you do. Uh, Boy, (laughs) different times, folks. Different times. Wow. As they make their way to the ring now. But I mentioned, you know, Randy, uh, you know, was all about the outfits even then. Look at this. Got the big orange cape. And the orange headband. And uh, they're giving us a little tie, a little cue of what's on the way. Now, this is for the Intercontinental Championship. He's going to be taking on Tito Santana, but uh, I mentioned that Kung Fu match still to come with the dragon, Ricky Steamboat, and uh, Mr. Fuji. And Tito Santana with the Intercontinental belt at this point in time, and Randy getting a shot at it. This is what, you know, uh, early early in uh, Randy's career with the WWF. It's amazing what, what was to come. And as uh, Jesse calls Tito Chico, as I said before, this is not the most politically correct episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, but they got away with a lot more back then than they obviously could do today. Bobby, uh, the same way, you know, like he would do his... Uh, commentary just loaded with different uh, you know attempt you different humor I'll say that uh, wouldn't certainly fly today Randy gets in a big shot there and it, but you saw right here I mean how, just how good Randy was you know then and uh, right away got the the crowd's attention. And, you know, Tito, it's, it's a super baby face, always. And you can hear the crowd, like, when, when... Listen to the crowd here, you know? So they're very much behind Tito. Randy Savage going up the second rope there. Here's a cover, but just two. It's too early. There's no way, Right? <laughs> Oh, boy. And trying to to, uh, get him here with a sleeper. But Tito fighting back. And clearly behind the Intercontinental Champion, Santana. Test of strength here as Randy drives him back to the canvas, holding onto that headlock. You never had, had to question who the heel was in the matches with Jesse at, uh, calling the shots here. <laughs> and, I, you know, when I watch these matches now, because you think about the pace that these matches that they have now, they're just boom, 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 one after another, one high spot after another. Here you could actually, you know, take some time. Santana with big elbows to the midsection, but Randy, quick work here, body slam Santana. And showed that he could work that top rope as good as anybody. As Santana drives a shot to the midsection, then dri- takes that knee and goes to work on Randy's head with the boots. Tito Santana, believes uh, he's got a a book. I don't know if it's out, but it's going to be out if it isn't uh, yet. And uh, what a great story he is. I mean, Tito Santana is one of the superstars who knew from the beginning what he was doing in the business. And it was all about taking care of his family and, uh, you know, saved his money. Not to say he didn't have some fun, but he uh, he took care of business. That was always first with him, and uh, of course became a school teacher, which I believe he is to this day, and just a, a great a great person and a great man. He was a great hand, as they say, he just a great worker. And uh, Randy set him up here for a pile driver. Oh, and we got a a bell. As they continue to brawl outside of the ring, Santana gets back in, but it's it's too late. So Tito will retain his title. But when you have uh you know a situation like this, they could have carried this feud on for a while, and I'm sure they did. As uh Randy continued his ascension in the WWF. Tito Santana, still the Intercontinental Champion. And uh, we got to get back with the Halloween games, as uh, Vince is talking about. And we got a Kung Fu Challenge coming up. Not quite sure what he's uh, doing here. Is this mental prep? As he drives his knuckles into... The, not quite sure what that was. Ooh, ooh. That's legit. All right? As long as you get them right there on the uh, the grain, right? Uh, what is this? This is as bizarre as it gets. As they're doing the... the... <laughs> they're doing the pumpkin uh, <laughs> they do, doing the pumpkin relay there and now we're at uh Roddy Piper's manor not quite sure what's going on here but uh, they take us to Roddy Roddy Piper's house and he has a fascination with bowling balls Well, these are for the kids. You, what a heel. Preparing the uh, night for the kids. We're going to do a little trick or treating and chocolate bar, which is a brick. And Vince, of course, in his tuxedo. So forget the timeline, uh, how, how this happened or how they leave the arena or what. But. They asked him about um, and Vince loved the toilet humor and I said there's no running water. So he's wrapping bricks in foil and he says that he's got no use for he's got no use for running water because it's much faster and easier to go out and not have to flush. So he didn't need indoor plumbing. He's got Treasures for the kids for the trick or treats. Not exactly thrilled with the trick or treaters that might be visiting the Piper Manor. Huh. Roddy's talking about the uh, trick-or-treat, and uh, obviously he likes the trick the most. Oh, boy. So uh, this is some of the things like, okay, what do we do with this for Halloween? And um, yeah, I would give kids bowling balls and bricks wrapped in foil, and we've got the kids at the door. Why would you go back? As uh, Roddy goes to the door to visit with his trick or treaters, would you send your kid down to that house? (laughs) Dressed as the Hulkster. And of course, he's got all the things that he has for the trick or treaters. And it's his bowling balls. just a sick man. These are children just trying to enjoy their Halloween as he puts a bowling ball in one bag. Oh, and someone, people laughing off camera. That wasn't good. Shoving candy, uh, under his kilt. As these children should be, have already run screaming from this home of Roddy Piper. You know, uh, you know th- th- they were clever, right? They coming up with this stuff that they would have to. This was on network television, folks. This this was on network television, so. Uh. That went on for a long time, didn't it? Vince says try the neighbors; they're better. So they've they're uh, they had they knew that he was going to steal their candy. The kids got even; they put uh, red pepper in the chocolate that they knew he would steal. As the Hulkster dressed up as the as, as, uh, Hercules. So we can't just let that joke go, boy. We got to have the Hulkster talk about it. I wonder if they, uh, when they were doing those, they, they knew the same thing, that it was like, really? Oh, groan. Ah, Mr. Fuji. Huh, Mr. Fuji. Pretty badass, though, huh? Wow. That was legit. (laughs) <laughs> all right we got the kung fu challenge match anytime you don't have mr fuji have to say too much is going to go well uh but really yeah those bricks taking them off we've got joy morella in the ring don morocco in the corner for mr fuji And at this point, you know, he was uh, pretty much winding down his career in the ring as he would become a manager and and would be there for a long time. As Gene, as we said, really busy in the Saturday night main events now with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And you you hear Bruno Sammartino as as they uh, are showing... Oh, as he hangs, literally hangs, Steamboat over the top rope. It's Morocco and Fuji just working him over, and that's wow. And they get back to uh, Gene and, and Ricky Steamboat. as uh, Ricky struggled a time with his promos, but man, was he a popular superstar. He's said enough. Yes, he has. And Gene, yeah. <laughs> Ricky dragon steamboat heading out to the ring. What a career, man. That guy was just one of the best ever in the ring. Set to go. Really, one of the best ever. And you, th- and you hear about some of the matches that he had, uh, legendary. And uh, people, some of the greatest ever, when they are asked who are some of the greatest matches they ever had, they say it was with Ricky Steamboat. But this is a kung fu match. This is where we're supposed to see a, a great display of martial arts. As uh, Jesse berates him, who knew what side he was going to be on in this? Got to watch, check for the salt bag. Where is it? he got the salt bag. Check those uh, hidden compartments. Morocco, oh, God, he was huge. As uh, Vince continues to explain that this is a different kind of match. This is uh, a martial arts match. Ricky measuring his opponent, lots of blocks in here. Chops. And a big kick. And as thesteboat gets off his feet, connects to the back of the head of Mr. Fuji. stands up like kind of gives him his due, but gets, uh, you know, didn't phase him much. Yeah, this is different. This is different, right? Just regular wrestling match. Mr. Fuji's still in you know decent shape at this point. Big slap, boy do they love their slaps back in those days. Ricky in tremendous shape. He's still in tremendous shape. I've seen him at some of these events. He still looks great. As he starts to dismantle Mr. Fuji, but boy, he's crafty. Uh, Mr. Fuji back on his feet after taking Steamboat down. Chops to the neck. Uh, Slings him with just a finger. (laughs) An incredible maneuver by Mr. Fuji, says Vince. Lots of kicks, lots of chops in this one. Reverse kick. Setting him up here for a suplex, but can't get him up. And it's Ricky who pulls it off as Fuji goes down hard. But obviously, uh, what's happened transpired so far has taken a toll on the dragon. So he struggles to get to his feet. And uh, heading up to the top rope here. Some high-flying karate kid. (laughs) Dropkick off that top rope. Goes for a cover. And uh, didn't take long as Morocco spits something into the face. Oh my goodness. Obviously uh, awful. And now in comes Morocco to deliver some damage. As Fuji holds him up. Who knows what it that was that they spit into his eyes. And Joey Morella helpless to help out Ricky Steamboat as he takes this brutal beating and uh, trying to back him off, but he's got no no chance. So it looks like they're going to have to bring the troops out from backstage, but uh, before Mr. Fuji and Morocco clear. As they use their dastardly tactics to take control of this match after he clearly had uh, won. One, two, three. Uh, Gene with that... Uh, I don't know what the... Sh- I think kind. Of- oh, oh, Gene. I'm sure loving every second of this. That might have been one of Gene's favorite all-time on cameras. (laughs) The pumpkin pass competition. I uh, can't imagine. I don't know how thrilled they were with doing this, but uh, uh, doing a recap here of all these matches. Everybody's back in costume. Roddy's got his uh, super rod outfit on. Bobby with whatever he's wearing on his head. Jesse wearing the peacock. And uh, this is a treat, folks. This is national television with grown men passing a pumpkin. Okay, because so it's, it's going to look uh, rather... Yeah. All right, so this is really bizarre, isn't it? Kind of bizarre when you say that's bizarre yeah <laughs> yeah, getting a little help. Ugh, okay. <laughs> <It's just laughs> Come on, you have to admit, it's a little bit uh, interesting to see, oh, as Albano drops it before it gets to the Hulkster. Five successful passes, at least. We don't know how true those were. So now it's up to the heels to take over as Chef Okerlund uh, gets ready to kick this off. Okay, Super Ride's going to be a part of this. Hey, it doesn't matter. As long as it's competition, they're going to take it seriously. All right, and Nikolai Volkov, and they're like, "What the hell are they making us do?" Uh, the Iron Sheikh. Oh, he's Sheikh's loving this. Okay. As uh, Elizabeth is supposed to do it with Elizabeth and Roddy Piper. Sure, Randy not too thrilled. And oh, they dropped the pumpkin. So we're going to lay the pumpkin seeds here between Elizabeth. You're going to see a little bit of the dominance of Randy Savage berating Elizabeth for dropping the pumpkin. Sign of things to come. She uh, recoils from him. Makes you wonder, what else did this poor woman have to endure behind the scenes of this very dominant man? (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. That wouldn't go so well. As I wrap it up, and we of course have to end it in the chocolate trough. As Jesse wraps it up, oh, and he's well. Will you see? Will you see Jesse back in the ring? Gene, give me a break! Oh, we got more because it's not over yet. As they uh, wrap wrap it up uh, for the uh, third time, <laughs> Uh yeah. Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon. There you go, Kerwin Sylphy's the director. Lots of great names from the history of the WWF in there. Let's see, we gotta see Kevin Dunn at some point in here. Well, they had credits. I don't remember them having credits before. Maybe I missed them when we did them before. But uh, here you go. Hmm. Didn't see Kevin Dunn's name there. Titan Sports Inc. and Once a Month Productions Inc. You know, Ebersol also had his uh, own his own company it was uh, No Sleep Productions that uh, he would have he would form. This is when he was. Had left the left NBC uh, during a period of time. He would eventually go back. So there you have it. Saturday night's main event from November second, nineteen eighty five. All Halloween themed. Got everything you could possibly imagine in there. Oh boy, with uh, you know every innuendo uh, we had. We had it all. Uh, this would not have flown to, in today's world. With what they uh, was was normal fare for the WWF at the time. And, uh, you know, much of Bobby he- Heenan's humor was based on that, but it was kind of like, you know, it was like Rickles, Don Rickles kind of, you know, that, uh, they made fun of everybody. And, uh, it was just a, a time when you could get away with that. Now you, you certainly can't, but, uh, that was a big part of it then. And, uh, you know, they really went all out with these, these, uh, productions, as you see you know, between the, uh, you know, the Halloween theme, and they kept it uh, running on throughout, everybody in costume. And it was uh, uh, something you could expect for, on every episode. And remember, these things didn't run weekly. They would come in when Saturday Night Live would go on hiatus, which was uh, always interesting. And, uh, you know, they made it uh, work, Uh, you know, made it very entertaining. And these shows were on for an hour and a half, you're talking 90 minutes, so you had a a solid hour of programming. I think that this one was like an hour seven something, an hour and seven minutes. The rest were all commercials, but it was uh, you know, it was it was a great platform for the WWF at the time. Was uh, you know because uh, wrestling had not professional wrestling had really not been on network television since the fifties. So to have this out there and uh, this this episode was the third, and they did very well. These episodes did well. Uh, with the ratings. So that's why it lasted for as long as it did, because if it didn't, if they wouldn't have gotten the numbers they did, there's no way in the world that you would have seen uh, these these episodes air. You would have never seen Saturday Night's main event from the WWF. And they, they loaded them up, too. They would uh, get some really good matches in there. It wasn't like Superstars or Challenge or anything like that. You didn't see them in there with... An enhancement talent or a jobber, as uh, and we would see on superstars and challenge. This one they had to really make it enticing for people to want to see, and you saw that that they the one match with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, uh, two of the biggest stars of the day, uh, taking on Big John Studd and uh, also uh, King Kong Bundy, and uh, you know it was it was uh, they would put some good matches that everybody would really enjoy seeing so uh these were always fun these were always fun to watch and they went all out as far as you know shooting vignettes they had major shoots for these were like the one even though it wasn't very good at least in my opinion (laughs) the roddy at his piper manor with the the kids like where where did this writing come from sometimes you think about but they uh they always loved to you know they'd have the party backstage and it was uh non-stop uh, with with these they would uh, keep them going so we'll do do more of these I I love doing the Saturday night main events I also I really like doing the superstars and I'm hoping at some point they're going to start putting a wrestling challenge up there because uh, that was a completely different show even though it had the same purpose to sell, sell 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 get people to go to live events but it was um you know at the time, that's that's how they did it. That's where they made their money. That's where the, the gold was. And they also had to pay the boys. Uh, they didn't have contracts back then. So this is just another product uh, between uh, the, the pay-per-views that they would be able to get out there. All righty. Well, I hope uh, you really enjoyed this. I, I like doing these. Uh, you know, I I try and strike a balancer where I don't uh, yap too much so you can hear some of the stuff. But at the same time, I heard people like when I do, pause. I should be painting a picture the whole time. So I'd uh, love to hear your feedback on these. I hope you're enjoying them. I'll do them as long as you like uh, hearing them. So uh, thanks for tuning in for this. Uh, remember, we bring these to you every Monday. They drop at uh, 6 a.m. Eastern time every Monday. And then, of course, on Wednesdays, we have original episodes of primetime with Sean Mooney. And then on Saturdays, we bring out the vault episodes, you know, episodes uh, from the past lineup that perhaps you didn't catch, get a chance to hear before or didn't know we, we had. And we put those out there and uh, those have been very popular as well. Uh, so uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, once again, also uh, check out our Patreon membership, patreon.com slash primetime Mooney, patreon.com slash primetime Mooney. Uh, also, this holiday season, uh, check out our, our t-shirt collection, the PTSM uh, t-shirt collection. You can do that by just going to mooneytees.com. What a great holiday present. Get uh, someone, uh, uh, a very, very, very unique uh, present. Get them a Sean Mooney Who t-shirt or maybe a Ding 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 shirt. Uh, We've got a bunch more. Check it out at MooneyTees.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Primetime Mooney. That's at Primetime Mooney. And of course, you can email me anytime. I check it every day. PrimetimeMooney at gmail.com. That's PrimetimeMooney at gmail.com. All right, until next time. Uh, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.